<laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Not, nothing but love for Howard University, man. Um, yeah, that that connection runs deep. Yes. So I'm, I'm just even more grateful that you took the time to invite me to to speak to your to your audience. So for me, classical music, you know, most folks who grow up taking any kind of instrument, you delve into classical music. I grew up taking piano. My father, you know, was a pastor and he wanted me to, to be able to uh, play for Sunday school. And so I started taking lessons with the woman around the corner. And, um, you know, he was, you know, I played those little pieces that you play in the little books, but he was really interested in me being able to read the hymns and, uh, you know, this little light of mine and, you know, uh, uh, Jesus loves all the little children, all those kind of songs, because we had a robust Sunday school and he wanted to find a way for these kids who were talented in music to be able to express themselves. They had a lot of energy, you know, and that's how I got started. So I ended up like playing for the Sunday school and then for the teen choir and that whole thing, man choir director and pianist and, uh, you know, started playing organ um, because that's what my father wanted me to use my gift. He thought I had a gift of music to bring people together. And that's, that's what music was all about. No matter who walked into that church on Sunday, I was supposed to find some sort of way of making them feel welcome and invited and at home through my music ministry. And so I take that into my, you know, I took that into my professional life. When I got to Morehouse, it expanded because at Morehouse, especially after I joined the Glee Club, you know, we were singing music from around the world. We were singing in Italian, in German, in Yoruba. We were singing in, in South African dialects. Um, the standard was excellence. So no matter what we did, it was all about excellence. I remember the German teacher would come in sometimes and, and help us out with diction. And so everything was on the table. And so nothing was excluded from what we were supposed to be able to, um, to do. And it was respectable and acceptable for us to engage in the classical arts. Whereas in high school, it was seen as a little something, a little outside of the comfort zone, something that um, felt sort of um, like you were doing something that Black boys weren't supposed to do. You're always in the minority. But at Morehouse, I was surrounded by, you know, 100 guys in that glee club who came from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, who had the same sort of musical background. So in that place, I learned to be really comfortable in my own skin, singing Bach and singing, you know, Howard Swanson and singing Nathaniel Dead and William Grant Still and all these Black composers, Harry T. Burley, you know, in the same concert. So it was a great education, not only musically, but just in terms of, you know, uplifting our own Black and our own American uh, music. Every time I pick up a newspaper or turn on the news and hear about some Black man or some Black person who's 
arrested, who's shot, no matter who uh, is the perpetrator. When it's about race, when it's about this person being black, it makes me think that I need to do more because if it's about the color of the skin and the black heritage, it could easily be me or my brother or you or my nephew or anybody that I love. If it's just based on being black. I mean, I've been, you know, pulled over because somebody suspected that I had done something wrong. And this was even before you grew your hair, huh? I, at the time I had locks and I thought it's because I have locks that this officer is pulling me over. You know, even though I'm walking down the street, he's asking for my driver's license. He thinks that, you know, perhaps if he pulls my license, he'll find something or, you know, and I, it was very clear um, what that was about. So whenever I read those stories and hear about those stories, man, I always think about there's something more I can do and I have to use my art to do that. And that's why Beethoven and Langston comes together because Beethoven has his audience, Langston has his audience. And I thought if I can bring those audiences together, I can show the common humanity and we can perhaps look at each other just a little bit differently. You know, there's a, a fear of, there's not enough pie for everyone. And um, the beauty of our country is our diversity. And I think the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, but there's a lot of fear uh, apparently about what happens when truth is revealed. And I've never been afraid of truth. Um, you know, the truth shall set you free is something that I grew up hearing about. Um, and so that's what I try to do in my work. I just try to deal with facts, deal with stories that are going to empower somebody that are going to up that will uplift someone. Um, and it goes back to my childhood, the same work I was doing in the church, you know, making people feel welcome, making feel, people feel connected to themselves and to their communities. And whatever stories we have to tell, you know, sometimes they're difficult stories to listen to. But if they're rooted in truth, I think it only helps us to, to grow as, as human beings and uh, collectively as a society. I told a story at Lincoln Center about my dad, how he would walk me up to the grocery store on the corner. And he would have this long stick with a nail in it. And I would have a trash bag and he would just pick up litter from the whatever was in the parking lot. And then we would walk back towards home. If he saw a, a, a you know, McDonald's bag or something on the ground, he'd pick that up and stick it in the bag and just cleaning up the neighborhood um, system. Wherever you walk, I think if we do our parts to clean that up. So in classical music, when I see things that keep us apart because music wants to bring us together, when I see things that keep us apart, I try to try to alter that and 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 just switch the conversation any musician will tell you their work is a calling i have to sing it's what i'm made to do this is the god-given voice that i have i should be able to use the gift given but what happens when you're called to a type of music that doesn't see you and as the only black person in the room i looked around like <gasps> 
<gasps> is everybody equally appalled? And she said to me, Kevin, did you not see it? She said, that is unacceptable. It's no secret. Classical music in America is not the most inclusive of art forms. But is that because there's never been a diversity of voices within it or because we haven't been listening? I'm Terrence McKnight, host of a new podcast that spotlights hidden voices and perspectives in classical music. We'll interrogate the music we know. And I think the Magic Flute is one of the favorite operas for building families. I feel I don't want to do the role anymore because in the opera, it states it as a fact. He feels negative in his whole being. Is there no joy in your heart? And explore the influence of the music you might not have heard before. So many of my mentors and uh, look up to Robeson. So when I looked at Robeson and tried to figure out why he would play Otello, because Otello is one of the roles that we're looking at in, um, in my series. And Robeson said, that he was trying to bring some humanity to this character that Shakespeare wrote about. He was trying to show him as a three-dimensional human being, mm -hmm. not just as some barbarian who fell in love and was willing to kill somebody and take his own life, not just some, you know, ignorant, you know, stupid, gullible person, but he was a full man who felt rage and who wanted community. And that's why Robeson did the role. So that's, that's what we're doing with the show. We're looking at four different operas, um, two by Mozart, two by Verdi, but also, you know, we're introducing operas by this woman whose work I've been knowing since I went to school in Atlanta. Her name is Dr. Sharon Willis, and she's written 16 operas about Black folks. They come out converted, saying, is this what opera is? This is what Sharon Willis writes. Now we talk about how we can answer the call to make a beautiful culture for everyone. They say that sunlight is the best disinfectant. We are pulling these issues out from the shadows. The battle that we're trying to fight so hard as a society is to have dark-skinned, beautiful representation everywhere in the world. From WQXR, it's Every Voice with Terrence McKnight, a podcast that uses powerful storytelling and impassioned music to highlight the beauty of our diversity. Many cultures, many voices, one people. Every Voice with Terrence McKnight lands February 16th. Listen wherever you get podcasts. My grandmother, um, she was born in 1911. And um, she was very, very strong, very proud, had 10 kids. And my father was the oldest. And she valued education. So what she was telling me, you know, if you got something to say, which means you better go get something to say. So get something to say. And when you get something to say, you don't, don't hide behind it. You know, you say it in truth. You say it in love. You ain't got to put nobody down. Because that's the way she was. She would just tell it straight. She'd say, tell it straight. Get out there in the middle of the road and you say it. 
No need to, you know, you got your education. You know where you come from. You ain't got to be hiding. So you get out there and say it. And that's what we're doing in this podcast. You know, this is an old art form. And, um, you know, when I walked into the concert hall sometime to hear some of these operas, man, it's made me feel uncomfortable. Operas depicting Ethiopians as brown slaves and Egyptians as white masters. I got a problem with that. Don't make me feel good. That doesn't make me wrong or uncultured. It makes me human to see my people cast in a light that doesn't serve us and that doesn't serve the larger community. So I'm going to get out in the middle road. I'm going to say it. And WQXR, New York Public Radio, has given me opportunities to tell these stories because they know me, man. You know, they know that I'm I'm trying to do it to uplift the, the whole of our society and trying to move the ball forward. 